Good morning. Good morning to all. Welcome to Spiritual Matters Thursdays here in the Daily Huddle. I am your host, Dr. Monica Ogando, and today we're going to be talking about what is spiritual bypassing? Do you do it? How do you do it? What's your favorite way of doing it? But before we do that, you know that here in Spiritual Matters Thursdays, we always want to give you practical ways to exercise your spirituality in the world. And so, for those of you that are pizza lovers, who's a pizza lover? Raise your hand if you're a pizza lover. Okay. Okay. Plant so, so of course. Plant uh, of course. Now, what size of pizza is the most spiritual? Do you know? The, the personal fan nope. pizza. Oh, that's a good guess. That's a great guess. But no, that's not it. It's a medium, of course. Get it? A medium. <laughs> the Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Welcome again to Spiritual Matters Thursday. I'm your host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I am so excited for today's conversation because, as usual, I have a foot and you have a butt and they will meet today. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're going to get started today with this conversation about what is spiritual bypassing and how do you know when you're doing that how do you know how to stop it if it's something that you don't want to be doing so first let me define it for you let me define what spiritual bypassing is it is a tendency oops my little microphone situation here it is a tendency to use spiritual ideas or practices to sidestep or avoid facing personal or unresolved uh, uh, emotional, psychological wounds or unfinished developmental tasks. And the term was actually introduced in the 80s by a Buddhist teacher and a psychotherapist. His name was John Wellwood. So it's been in the lexicon for the greater part of 40 years. And one of the ways that you, you probably have heard spiritual bypassing already is for example, when somebody is expressing a deep sense of grief, let's say for example, that somebody that you deeply love has passed away and you're expressing that grief, that sense of loss. A lot of times people are uncomfortable. They don't know what to say to, to support you, to show empathy, to be with some of these uncomfortable and sometimes painful emotions that we feel in the human experience. So some, somebody will say something like, everything happens for a reason. God doesn't put anything on you that you cannot bear. And, uh, or if you get fired and you're mourning the loss of an opportunity, a business opportunity or a job, or you think this is the end of your career and you're sad and scared and people say, well, you know, uh, uh, it was a blessing in disguise. It was for the best, right? And not to say that those things aren't true. It's just kind of like read the room. <laughs> and we sometimes use those words or we mean well, we want to comfort the person, 
but it's also because of our own discomfort and awkwardness with some of the messiness and the chaos of the human experience. Sometimes it sounds hopeless or almost like you're quitting or giving up to say, this sucks and I don't know what to do about it. And yet that would be more honest than to try to clean it up with, you know, everything happens for a reason or God doesn't, doesn't put on you more than you can bear. I remember sometimes, <laughs> Giovanni's slapping me. I remember there were many times when I sat up with my sister at night and she was just tired of um, having to care for two toddlers and her dying husband. This was not something that she signed up for. This, she, she had a hard time. We all had a hard time grappling with, how come this ALS disease came descended upon this amazing man he he's young he's budding he's got two amazing sons he's got this beautiful wife he doesn't deserve this as though diseases are something that you deserve or something right but she was so tired and there were some times when i could tell that it would be a relief if he just hurry up and died but sometimes it's like oh, you can't say that right? what are you wishing death on somebody and it's not so much that you're wishing death on somebody, it's, it's that you want relief. And sometimes you feel guilty that, that you should want to love up on somebody and help them through their darkest hour, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't make room for, this is a pain in the ass and, I, and I'm tired and I wish this would stop. Like those two things can be true at the same time. And so spiritual bypassing is, is a way of kind of like dressing up the ugly, the messy, the chaotic part of our humanity. Anybody can relate to that? Can you put yes in the chat if you can relate to this, what I'm saying? Because we want to talk about the ways in which we do that to ourselves and to each other. And then when you become aware that that's what you're doing, right? Because awareness is the first step to choices and choices are the gestures of freedom. So when you become aware that that's what you're doing, how then do you interrupt yourself? How then do you insert authenticity or vulnerability or intimacy into the conversation without feeling like a jerk, <laughs> without feeling, you know, like awkward about it or, or like this out of place, et cetera. So here are some of the ways, here's three ways that I'm going to suggest that you take on. The first way, and it's probably the most awkward, is silence. A lot of times when we are in a conversation with someone, we want to fill the space with words. And sometimes just letting the discomfort breathe for a second. Now, it doesn't have to be distant. It doesn't have to be disconnected. It could really just be being in silence with someone while you're holding their hand, while you're maintaining eye contact, while you're crying, while you're seething. There have been times when I've been in a conversation with someone and they know that I'm angry and you can see it in my face because I do not have a poker face. And they know that I'm seething inside, but I'm not saying a word. That's because I'm trying to save your life. I don't want to use words as a weapon. So let me just be quiet for now, right? And so I'm not denying my emotional state, but I'm also not pushing it on you. This is not something, not a problem for you to solve or fix or, or try, to, try to alleviate. Let's just sit in it for a second right? So that's one, silence. 
The second one is to speak to what is so for you, for your experience. Not assuming anything, not projecting anything, but just describe your own experience. Even if you don't have words to describe your experience, you can say, I'm experiencing something and I don't, know, I don't have words for it. You can say that. Just being authentic, being honest, and being truthful about what is can create a sense of groundedness, can create a sense of like, okay, it is safe to be where I am. It is safe to feel what I feel. It is safe to think what I'm thinking. And it is safe to be where I am and still be in relationship with you, right? So speak to what it is that you are experiencing, not projecting, not describing, not anticipating, et cetera. This is a conversation that sometimes I have had with my husband when I'll ask him a question and he answers something else. Like for example, I'll say, what time are you coming home from work? And he'll say, well, I have to do this, 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 and this after I get home. I'm like, first of all, what question did you think I asked such that that would be the answer? <laughs> because when I said, what time are you coming home from work? He heard, do you have free time for me this evening? That's not what I asked you, sir. <laughs> right? And so being with what is, is a great way to just, don't put extra weight on something that isn't there. And that creates a sense of safety and connection as well. So silence and then speaking to your own experience. And then the third way is to speak to the experience that you would like to create. Notice how this is all about you, not about the other person. So silence, speak to your own experience, and then speak to the experience that you would like to create. What do I mean by that? I mean, for example, take, take a way to, to, to use all three at the same time. In the conversation with my sister, while she was in the middle of a breakdown with her husband that, she, that was ill. I would use some silence. I would grab her hands. I would just sit with her in silence. I would say, it's painful for me to watch you be in pain. And I don't know how to fix it. And I'm uncomfortable with not knowing how to fix it. I wish I could take your pain away. And I also know that we're gonna be on the other side of that. And that was enough. That was enough because all she wanted was to express her own pain. She didn't need me to fix it, unbeknownst to me, because she's looking at me like, I, I, I'm big sister, I'm supposed to do something. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know how to fix this, it doesn't have a fix. And it's frustrating when things don't have a fix for people who are used to fixing things. Um, so to speak to that is so, it makes you human. It makes you relatable. It makes you approachable. It makes you accessible. It, it creates a direct line between your heart. I wish you could see it. Your heart and the other person's heart. And then it doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't matter, but then it becomes kind of like a thing to deal with. Uh, in the movie, Shall We Dance, which came out a long, long time ago, Susan Sarandon, Richard Gere, Jennifer Lopez, you should check it out. Jennifer Lopez plays a dance teacher. And Richard Gere was this like boring guy, middle-aged guy, married to the Susan Sarandon character. And he was coming home late at night and Susan Sarandon's character got suspicious. So she hired a private investigator. Come to find out he's taking dance classes and he just didn't want to admit that to his wife. And when she finally found out, the PI was like, well, I keep watching him. And he said, she said, no, that's okay. I found out what I needed to find out. The biggest honor that an, a, a person can give another is to witness their life. And I just thought, I mean, out of all the things that was said in that movie, that's the line that I took away. The biggest gift that a person can give another is to witness their life. 
even if it's just a little aspect of it. So when we do spiritual bypassing, we are trying to witness somebody's life, but we're also trying to make ourselves feel better about the things that we cannot control, cannot fix, don't have answers for. It's a self-soothing mechanism, albeit maladaptive. <laughs> so I want to open the, the floor and have conversation with you. Where do you see yourself doing this? This is, this is confession time, right? We always do confession time in Spiritual Matters Thursday. Where do you see yourself doing this? And what perhaps can now be an alternative that you can use to watch yourself do it, interrupt yourself, do it, and perhaps choose a more authentic, connected way of engaging with people that you love? I see Cece. I know it's Cece because it says Celero, and that means that she's usually like on a treadmill or driving or somewhere moving, right? Yes, 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 yes. Hi. Thank you so much for the um, conversation on spiritual bypass because um, I've done that many times, mm. and I really was just trying to avoid the emotions and feelings that were associated with what I perceived in my mind as traumatic or yeah. stressful. Mm -hmm. And that was always in my mind. So I didn't know how to deal with it. So I would just be busy and that didn't disappear it. So being silent and being with it allows me the opportunity to say, okay, this is what the experience is. It doesn't mean that's what's really happening. It just means it's the experience that needs to just get move out the way. And the only way for me it could move move out the way is to be with it, it and identify it and, and just say, okay, this is the, the experience instead of avoiding dealing with the trauma that's in my mind or what I perceive as trauma or stressful. Mm -hmm. am, I, am I clear on that? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. allowing myself to get past it by just being with it. And then if somebody's with me, not their words, just being with me, this means it gives me some type of comfort to know that someone was being with me during whatever experience I was experiencing in my mind instead of avoiding it and trying to cover it up. Yeah. Uh, many times I covered it up with food, with eating. Child, if you can't say amen, say ouch. <laughs> I know that's right. Yes. So I was a binger, a, a, a binger of food. And then I would go on a diet and say, okay, I get this off. But right. really it was dealing with all the thinking that was in my head that I could not deal with. So I would what just redirect it yeah. instead of facing it. So today yeah. it's a good day. And yeah. thank you so much for the topic. And I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Cece. What a great point. Sometimes we don't just use words to bypass. Sometimes we use things like food, like shopping, like sex, like sleep. A lot of things that are like normal things from your day-to-day -day life, but sometimes we use them to spiritually bypass or to avoid um, uncomfortable or painful situations or experiences and so forth. So thank you for bringing that up. That's a great, great point. Who else has something? Confession, question, concern, <laughs> breakthrough. <laughs> now let me see who's got their hand up or say something in the chat let's see i can talk yes tell me i can always talk uh <laughs> but a quick question on what you were saying what and i and i feel like i shouldn't ask this question but what do you mean or what is it what does it mean 
spiritual bypass. What does that mean? Oh, I started I started our conversation with that. It's it's like when you have this tendency to use spiritual or philosophical ideas or practices to avoid or sidestep some kind of unresolved emotion or psychological wound or unfinished developmental tasks. That's like the official definition of it. Okay, so at the beginning of the conversation, you were saying whenever I experience a failure, mm-hmm. um, and someone like myself wouldn't say spiritual bypass, we would say this is how I avoid the uncom the way I the way I avoid. I wouldn't even say that, right? But the experience will be avoiding the discomfort or the offset mm-hmm. of a, an, an unfulfilled expectation. So. I would say, well, this happens for a reason, or there's right. something I need to learn here, right? right. Mm-hmm. And that, in in some way, and then another way of describing that ex- that behavior is also calling it spiritual bypass. Well, yes, but but there's a distinction between spiritual bypass and having peace about an uncomfortable situation. Because sometimes oh, you could say everything happens for a reason because you've come to understand, I don't know what anything is for, but I'm okay facing it. Versus when you're doing this bypassing thing of like, instead of feeling the pain, the disappointment, the grief, the loss, the anger, the da 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 I'm just going to go straight to everything happens for a reason, so I won't have to feel this. <laughs> so I'm going to go straight to a, kind of a, my, the spiritual realm to say, well, this happens. Right. Because it was meant to happen. Right. Rather than deal with the uh, actual experience and an upset. Yeah. Okay. Right. Or like if I saw you and Sorel fighting, let's say, for example, and I were like, can we all just get along? It's like, there's a conflict here. We are all, it's okay to navigate conflict. Nothing is at stake. Like we can, we are equipped to do this. We don't have to jump to, can we all just get along and pretend the conflict isn't there? That's the spiritual bypassing part. Mm. Well, that's a, man, that's a lot of maturity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or at least patience <laughs> because it, it almost occurs to me as um like a whole workshop right like how to deal with the emotion experience mm-hmm. the emotion you know get your flashlight yeah and then um and then allow for something right without doing the spiritual bypass or i think i've been spiritually bypassing my entire life actually and we don't have to. I mean, we don't come <laughs> in like that. Let me just be clear. We don't come in like that. When you're a child, when if you've ever seen children be with their own emotion, they have no problem throwing it down, being a tantrum right here. But because they're fully in their experience, the tantrum only takes three minutes. But when we suppress it and we pretend and we bypass and we ignore and we, you know, procrastinate on it and we don't and then we lie about it. No, I'm not mad. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know. <laughs> okay, well, then 30 years later, you're still in a psychotherapist's couch. I'm still just I'm feeling fine. it right here and there, right? Man, I want to keep following up, but I see, I see Tara's hand up, so I'm going to come back. Okay, all right. Tara, what's up? Well, I'm so grateful that you uh, brought this topic to light, and I do have a question for you. So when my daughter first got sick, uh, she went to a coma, and... I kept praying and praying and praying. And then I finally just said to myself, I'm powerless and I'm going to turn this over to God. 
and she came out of the coma as many of you know mm-hmm. and then she to this day still suffers from encephalitis from the results of it mm-hmm. and early on in her illness i cannot tell you how many cards notes and conversations i had from other people who said everything happens for a reason right and, and everything first, in you was like your reasons <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> that's what i was feeling like no well first of all if that's true and a god chose my child to use my child that was not acceptable to me right and so i started Who's thinking god's manager i want to talk to a manager yep. so right so i started thinking i think that it is my responsibility to bring goodness from this tragedy but mm-hmm. i want to know because you have studied religions and you have Un, unlimited wealth of knowledge in this space. I want to know your opinion. Does everything happen for a reason? Because I'm not buying it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If if everything happens for a reason, I don't know all the reasons. I haven't opened up the dictionary of reasons <laughs> to look up like, oh, this is why Mustafa died. Oh, this is why my father got leukemia. Oh, this is why I left. I mean, sometimes those reasons can become apparent in hindsight, right? Like, for example, to give you a personal experience, um, I went to a boarding school for high school, right? Um, And it was like Harvard track, Ivy League track. Like the people who go to this high school, um, Phillips Academy Andover, for those of you that are curious, um, are on a straight path to Ivy League and, you know, big August kind of like life and experience or whatever. But I was a scholarship child. I was an immigrant child. And I didn't really understand, like, presidents came to the school. Like, you're, you're in a very elite kind of experience, et cetera. Um, and I got into disciplinary trouble. Eventually, I had to leave the school. And um, had it not yeah, been... like a juicy story that we're going to have to revisit. Another sermon for another Sunday. But <laughs> because of that experience... And not seeing the opportunity for what it was when I was in it, it gave me the perspective of, Monica, you're going to have to educate yourself on how to identify an opportunity when you're in it, not afterwards, because you could lose a lot of stuff. You could burn a lot of bridges if you, if you don't get a handle on this, on this lesson. But it wasn't until I was on the other side of having left Phillips Academy that that even occurred to me. Now, could it be that that's why it happened? I don't know. But that's the lesson that I extracted from it. And it allowed me to be present in certain things or to at least speak to, you know, like, for example, the first time that I met Giovanni and Sorel, I was like, I don't know what's happening here, but this is some magic dust all over this com- con- connection. And, and I'm right. looking forward to exploring it. Right. Um, had I not had that lesson, I would have been like, oh, they're nice. OK, see you later. You know what I mean? Mm. So it allows us to be the perspective or the reason allows us to be even more present with our own life, with our own experience and to be able to witness somebody else's. Well, thank you. That's that's a pretty good reason for me. Well, I thank you for debunking that though, initial reaction, because it has never comforted me and I'm glad I'm in your company. (laughs) Right. And there, there have been some times, for example, when I announced on Facebook that my father had passed, everybody that knows me knows that I'm like a daddy's little girl. It was, it was extremely painful when my father died, even though it was very expected. But when I wrote that a text to people that, you know, my family WhatsApp chat or whatever, I was like, and please don't tell me that, you know, he lived a long life and that everything, like, I know the man was 90, 90 is relatively long. And I still wish he would have been here for another 50 years. So F you for even thinking, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I had to kind of like preface it with, 
I'm about to tell you something about my dad and don't come at me with X, Y, and Z. So I had to create my own kind of like, you know, aura of protection around myself because I was too tender to hear certain things. Yeah. Very, very smart. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Anybody else have something or shall we go back to Giovanni? Cece says, Hey, Monica. Yes, Sorrel. Uh, I want to thank you for opening up for me the access to sharing with my mother something I've never shared with her. Hmm. Uh, my brother, my younger brother, middle brother, uh, has been uh, suffering with epilepsy and hmm. the um, consequences of medication and seizures, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, both of my parents are 89 and they're still caring for him. And Mm -hmm. I have always, one of the things I'm seeing that I've never said is that I've always felt like, uh, why not me? Like, I'm really sad for my brother Mm. and really sad for my mother. And it's like I'm feeling, gosh, you know, it's not fair that it's him. Right. It should have been me, but I've never said that, like in expressing what it's like for me mm-hmm. to my mother. Mm-hmm. And I've never asked my mother, what is it like for you? Yeah. Uh, you know, being here with my brother sure. and dealing with that. And I, I, I can't wait to just sit there in the silence with her and hear what she has to say and and also say whatever comes for me to say while I'm there with her and expressing what's, what's there for me. Mm-hmm. But what's there for me that I want to share is uh, uh, sadness, regret over his uh, life. Like the, you know, the life I, I wish I had with a brother who was well all the time. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and also, uh, you know, just the stench of, yeah, uh, it didn't need to be him. It should have been me like that. Mm-hmm. That's great that you bring this up. First of all, my, my heart goes out to you with the, with your brother and with your mom, you know, that to have that level of tenderness towards, towards all of that situation. Right. Um, yeah. But then secondly, too, it's like, you know, I always say, check your assumptions. Right. So when mm-hmm. I, I hear myself saying like, it should have been me. Um, or when I hear you saying it should have been me, I, I pause and I'm like, based on what? Based on I'm older, so I should bear the brunt of whatever bad things happen to because I'm the oldest and I'm supposed to like shield my younger brother and sister. Like maybe that's where that comes from. Or maybe because I think I'm stronger and I can deal with it better than, than my, my brother can. Or maybe because I feel guilty, survivor's guilt or... You know, sometimes people feel that way. So like being able to express, being able to kind of like dig into how come I have it the way that I have it is also very helpful in being able to just be with the pain. Yeah, and I I think it's twofold. Not think, I'm saying it's twofold right now. I feel guilty and uh, I want to avoid the pain of uh, dealing with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like maybe it would be easier if it was me. Right. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, maybe, but who knows, right? Who knows? But thank you. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Chase has his hands up just as we are getting ready to wrap up. I want to give you a chance to speak, Chase. Where's he at? Do you still have your hand up? Can everyone hear me? There you go. Yes. Oh, grand day. How are you? So nice to be here. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about what you said a couple moments ago about when people, um, what was the term? Spiritual. Bypassing? Bypassing. And I had a situation recently where someone called me to confide in me. <clears throat> and I found that immediately I wanted to take my tools out and put them out on the table for them to use. Mm -hmm. And I realized that this is something that <clears throat> comes with maturity. You have your tools, right? Like if I give you a screwdriver and a hammer and a, and a, um, a, a pliers and a drill, I don't know if you know how to use those things. I just know that's what has worked for me and I'm giving it to you. Mm -hmm. So in that situation where she was calling me, this girl about a guy who, you know, told her ahead of time, listen, my girlfriend just died about six months ago and I'm not really ready to get into a relationship. And she was so like upset that he wasn't calling on her, calling her for help, calling on her to introduce her to his parents, so on, so on, so forth. And when I spoke to her, I started of just about to send my spiritual tools to her and then i took a deep breath and said let me let her talk for a minute and maybe two minutes after i i said that she said i just need you to listen i'm not calling you for a solution and i said okay no problem and after she spoke about 15 minutes i said you know what i said to her <laughs> And one of the things I said is, you always tell me that you want men to tell you up front. And he told you up front. I'm your friend. I'm just letting you know. Mm -hmm. He told you up front. So why are you trying to make him something that he told you up front is difficult? Mm. And the reason why I say the story that way is because if I didn't take that, um, that couple moments to say, those tools might not work. Be careful. You might get you might get uh, stung when you say what you're about to say. It, it opened up a whole nother yeah. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I was yeah, ready. Absolutely. Yeah. I had some stuff to say. And I was like, right. you know, if somebody tells you, don't say they didn't tell you. Right. It's, well, it's I love just, what you're saying here, um, Chase, because uh, first, I appreciate the pause that you gave yourself a pause to just kind of like, oh my what's, what's wanted here? Let me read the room. For a second, right? oh. And then the second thing is that what a great way to reflect back, right? Sometimes we, when we do this mirroring thing, it's, it goes back to what I said earlier about the biggest gift that you can give that one person can give another is the gift of witnessing their life. Right. And sometimes we are witness to somebody speaking about their desires or speaking about their goals, et cetera. And sometimes reminding someone, you said you wanted X. Remember when you said you wanted X? And, and that's it. It's just a reminder. It's not a fix. It's not a suggestion. It's not advice. It's not coaching. I'm just reminding you. I'm just giving you your quote back. I'm giving you your words back. Um, it's enough for them 
to self-correct or to get a deeper understanding, impartial self-observation, et cetera. And that in itself can be very soothing. So thank you for presencing that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, we, we're a little bit after um, the 30 minute um, time slot. So thank you so much for sticking through with us here. Uh, I didn't want to spiritually bypass the fact that I've kept you here longer than 9.30, darling. I'm giving you all a cyber hug. Breathe deeply. That should be the ninth one. Breathe deeply. Love. And thank you so much for being here. See you next time. At The Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your full potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give us our best every day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss the stress. Laugh, laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back, you will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love, most of all love. With your words, your thoughts, your actions, Power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Until next time, go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. See you next time.